Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and I am right here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. Progressive politics are a poison for patriotism. A couple of weeks back, I posted something on Instagram, and an old barber buddy of mine commented on it, and it was a clever comment like most Bernie bros usually leave. Something along the lines of, I should really listen to AOC because she hates Democrats just as much as I do. And I may have responded, or maybe I'm just responding here. I don't always have the time to do the Instagram comments. But my reaction to that is, I don't hate the Democrats. I hate progressive politics. America was in way better shape when we had Democrats like Tip O'Neill, Democrats like JFK, more like the senator from New York, Daniel Patrick Moynihan. These guys, they loved the Lord. It was okay to worship Jesus. It was okay to be a Catholic. It was okay to go to church. It was okay to support the family. It was okay to love America. Sadly today, progressive politics have taken over the airwaves. They've taken over the classrooms. They've taken over so much, including Congress. Nancy Pelosi is famous for saying that she's a Catholic. Joe Biden, same thing. If you listen to some of the footage of Biden just a few years ago, he made sense on a few things. Not so much today. And that's because he has this task force with Bernie Sanders. And they had to come up with this de facto backdoor deal for Sanders to lose the presidency yet again, at least the nomination for the presidency. And he would have lost regardless. And I think he knows that. And that's why he took this deal with Biden that they were going to dictate progressive policies. And we talked about this the other day, AOC saying that Biden is malleable, that he can be pushed and coerced in certain directions. But if you don't remember it, here it is. Listen to AOC saying that Biden can be pushed in a more progressive direction. Right now, what is most important is to make sure that we ensure a democratic victory in November and that we continue to push Vice President Biden um, on Issues from marijuana to climate change to, um, to foreign policy and make sure that we continue to fight for a progressive agenda in, in our future. What would be the main issue? You think it's climate where he needs to be more correct, progressive or is there another one that you think is uh, at the top of the list? You know, I think overall um, um, we can likely push Vice President Biden in a more progressive uh, direction across policy issues. I think foreign policy is an enormous area where we can improve. Immigration is another one. Uh, criminal justice 
is is another area where where we can pursue a lot of uh, progressive direction. You know, there are some areas where we just fundamentally disagree, but that's okay. You know, I think it's important to acknowledge that we can have, in some cases, very large disagreements. It doesn't mean that we're trying to undermine the party or undermine each other. It means that we're trying to do what's best for people in the country. Now, if that weren't enough, knowing that AOC is literally saying that she can puppeteer Joe Biden, that her and her communist sympathizing grandpa can control this guy. He is their Manchurian candidate. If that were not enough, she's at it again. Who else have they co-opted? Chuck Schumer. Now, if you guys listen to this show, you guys know I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, moved to Jersey when I was 12 in sixth grade. And as a kid on Ocean Avenue, right off the corner of Avenue M, Our building number was 1787 Ocean Avenue. And not too far from there, in the Midwood section of Brooklyn, Chuck Schumer had an office. And he would walk up and down that block occasionally. I would see him all the time. My mother always told me to be polite to Mr. Schumer. I would always say hello. He was always very polite. He would smile. He was a real politician of the people. Now, he still does his Sunday press conferences to stay in touch with the people. But there's no question that he's not the politician that he once was. He, too, has been corrupted by the progressives. Now, there's not much progress that they bring about unless it's progress towards a left-leaning or a left-wing style of government or style of governance rooted and informed by the teachings of Karl Marx. And that was never something that was popular in American culture, but they've continued to push that idea in classrooms from kindergarten through postdoctoral, And more and more people now enjoy hating America. It's now a popular position to take to crap on your own country. Patriotism is no longer welcomed, but progressivism is progressing towards something that ultimately will destroy America while it's trying to redefine America. There's always been threats against presidents against their lives. But yesterday I saw this crazy story about a woman that was arrested on the New York side of the Canadian border for sending a lethal chemical, ricin, to the White House to kill President Trump. That's crazy, but it makes sense to me that they would do such a thing when they give in to rhetoric like what AOC said yesterday standing next to Chuck Schumer saying that we're not going back to brunch anymore, whatever that reference was. And I think you'll get the gist of it when you hear it. But she's literally calling for people to rise up. Now, I call for people to rise up too, but my rise up is not an armed revolution or burning down federal courts. Her people literally do that. So when you say we need to rise up and we need to fight back, we already know how the left is fighting back. It's reckless and it's irresponsible for her to do that. But again, this is exactly why she's doing it. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going back to brunch. We're not going back to brunch. That's not happening. So, of course, with no surprise, we hear from AOC yet again, all out crazy, or as I've recently renamed her, all out commie, when she says that we have to impeach Trump, we have to impeach Barr, we have to impeach everybody because they might just follow the Constitution and nominate a Supreme Court justice. Listen to this. You mentioned being open to all ideas to buy time. Would you be in support of potentially renewing talks of an impeachment hearing? 
either against the attorney general or the president? Well, you know, I think um, I, I believe that certainly there has been an enormous amount of law breaking in the Trump administration. I believe that Attorney General Barr is unfit for office and um, and that he has pursued potentially law breaking behavior. That being said, um, this is these are procedures that are in decisions that are largely up to House Democratic leadership. But um, but I believe that also we we must consider again all of the tools available to our disposal and that all of all of these options should be entertained and on the table. Now, the reason this is so problematic is because Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama himself have all called for the Constitution to be obeyed and for the president to fulfill his duties in nominating a Supreme Court justice, irrespective of it being an election year or not. The president doesn't stop being the president on an election year. The whole argument is manufactured. And there are really key distinctions. It doesn't change the outcome, in my opinion. But if you want to make an argument based on the fact that Obama wasn't able to do this and -and so-and-so wasn't able to do that and Trump shouldn't be able to, then compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. And still, you're going to lose because, again, it's the president's right. And Obama got his right. He nominated Merrick Garland. And because he was a lame duck, didn't have any power, he wasn't able to get a vote. Now, personally, I think they should have taken a vote. Since they had power, they could have squashed it anyway, but at least given him the vote. But irrespective of that, he got to nominate someone. The Democrats are now saying that Trump shouldn't even be able to nominate anyone. That this should wait until after the election. An election that's likely going to need a court, whether it be state courts to deal with legislatures that are going to have to decide on who they're pledging their electoral support for, or the Supreme Court, should they go that route like they did in 2000, Bush versus Gore. The bottom line is, progressives kind of pull stuff out of thin air, they do whatever the hell they want to try and sell you what they want to sell you, because they've put systems in place over decades upon decades to ensure that you don't know your constitution, to make sure that you don't know how things work. So that when they tell you this is how it should work, you go, hmm, yeah, that sounds right. No problem. Me parece bien. No, no me parece bien. It sounds bad, really bad. That's a bad look. The Constitution is the law of the land. It seems like every day we take new steps away from the Constitution, away from actually adhering to the rule of law. We need the rule of law, and more importantly, we need virtue. We need to live virtuous lives. I'm not saying everybody has to be a... uh, Uh, Mother Teresa. But I am saying that you need a society that overall is focused on what is good. Because without a focus on what is good, what is bad gets by with no filter. And we must be the filter. That's why at the top of that constitution, it says we the people. And we've gotten so far away from that, that it's scary. But the good news is you and tens of thousands of people who are listening to this right now, and potentially more, as you share and like this stuff and send it to other people, are hearing this message of hope, of liberty, of loving America. And it's my hope that more and more people will jump on the liberty bandwagon so that we're free to decide what it is that we want to decide and do so within the construct of the civil society that we've had for 240 some odd years. 
But the minute we let these progressive leftists do what they want and implement the rule of Marx instead of the rule of law, we're totally screwed. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on Parler, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. We're there. You're listening to This Is America. This Is America. All right, welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all of the social media. We got to keep it locked on the facts. Facts are so important. That's why I always go to justfacts.com. If you sign up for the email updates from justfacts.com, you get them for free. So go there now, justfacts.com, J-U-S-T-F-A-C-T-S dot com slash rich. That's my name, justfacts.com slash rich. Put your name in there, put your email in there, and you'll get them twice a month. You get the info that you need, raw data, analysis is up to you. They just give you the facts, justfacts.com. And I think that's important because otherwise, like we just talked about, you can get duped. For example, you would think that people that are behind a microphone or behind a camera or in front of a camera that are out there broadcasting are up to speed and do some research. Now, I definitely do my own research and have others that help me, and I appreciate that, and people send me articles, and I love it. And of course, this is an opinion show, so I'm not trying to teach you something per se. I'm trying to share my opinion with you and, of course, be entertaining and informative at the same time. But there are people out there that hold themselves out to be journalists that are trying to create the image of a objective arbiter of the facts, but they have their own agenda. And of course, everyone's going to have an agenda. Everybody has an opinion. We all have biases and that's fine. I just wear mine on my sleeve. I say that I am a conservative. I say that I am a Christian. I say that I vote Republican. Those are things I do. And I can deviate from that if I have to, if I want to. That's my right. That's liberty. However, when you're a journalist, there's a standard that you need to maintain. And yesterday, as I was scrolling through Twitter, I saw a clip of Don Lemon, a.k.a. Don Limon, Don Limon, the host of one of those shows on CNN at nighttime, speaking with his colleague, Chris Cuomo. Some of you know him as Fredo. I'm not going to call him that. But he is the younger brother of Essential Andy Cuomo, the governor of New York from the Andy Cuomo podcast. Andy Cuomo podcast. Also, I'm the governor. Trump did it. Trump's fault. That guy. And they were arguing. Don Limon says that you need to blow up the entire system and get rid of the electoral college. Now, this electoral college stuff has been making its rounds for quite a while. Every time the Democrats lose, they, they cry foul. Oh, the popular vote, the popular vote. You know, again, fooling the people who don't know better, who've never read the Constitution, thinking that popular vote is how we elect presidents. And of course, you know, I know that you guys are really bright. We've never, ever elected a president where we didn't use the Electoral College, ever. That's literally what it was designed for. So when someone comes and says, hey, you know, we've had 45 presidents over 240, was that 46 years? And all of a sudden now we need to get rid of the Electoral College. Well, why? Well, because we keep losing, right? Us progressives, we keep losing. We can't get a radical like Bernie elected because, you know, this damn Electoral College, you know, the rules, the, act, the way we actually play the game. And, you know, a long time ago, I made a sports analogy and I'm often warned, don't make sports analogies because you don't know anything about sports and they're right. But I will say this, 
if you have like a World Series game or a Super Bowl game and you've got a stadium filled with fans of both sides, I don't know, let's say it's Giants versus whomever or Yankees versus whomever. And you say, all right, look, whoever gets the most touchdowns and gets the most points wins the game or whoever gets the most home runs wins the game. And then the people in the stands, they say, no, no, no. What we're going to do is we're going to say whoever has the most Giants jerseys or the most Patriots jerseys is actually the winner of the game. They want to rewrite the rules. Forget about how we actually win the game. We're just going to say whoever has the most jerseys or whoever could cheer the loudest or whoever has the most Yankee apparel on would be the winner. Not who scores the most points in the game. That would be ridiculous. But in effect, this is what the left does. They come in and they're saying, hey, look, we know that you need to earn electoral votes through a campaign for president. But we aren't able to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to eliminate that system where you win by touchdowns, where you win by home runs. And we're going to go with this thing where whoever has the most support in the stands, well, they're the real winner. It doesn't work that way. And when somebody comes at you with that, you've really got to think to yourself, are they kidding me? How stupid do I look? Don't answer that. So in this conversation, Don Lemon, who says blow up the entire system, who in effect, in my opinion, is so radical in his commentary. And this is a long clip. I want you to hear it though. So radical to the left that he makes Chris Cuomo look like a radical right winger arguing against him when he says, oh, you'd have to change the Constitution. He says, ah, he blows right past that. Like, yeah, it's all good. Constitution, Constitution. Who cares about that? We'll just get a couple of leftist judges on the Supreme Court and voila, yeah, we got this. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Or when he says, is that fair? Because people win in the electoral college. But anyway, let me not spoil the cut. I want you to hear it. Check this out. Klobuchar and others back then were saying, hey, you've got to have a full bench. You've got to have a full bench. Because of what the Republicans did in 2016. Democrats didn't do that in 2016. If Democrats actually put the person, wanted the person that was in office now to do it, they would be making the same choice. They would be they would they would be consistent with their principles. I don't know that. Yeah. And I think that most people don't agree with that idea, which is why they don't care about the difference between left and right. See, until you have a group of people that decide to consistently be better than what they reject, you're going to have people in the exact position they are right now, Don, which is no matter what happens, everybody sticks. We're going to have to blow up the entire system. And you know what we're going to have to do? No, I don't know. You know that. what we're going to yes, yeah. we, we have to do? You just got to Honestly, from what your closing argument is, you're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College. Because the people... I don't see it. Uh, because the, the minority in this country decides who the judges are and they decide who the president is. is but that, you need a is constitutional amendment to do that. And if Democrats, if Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts... And they can do that amendment and they can get it passed. Well, you that's need two-thirds vote in the Congress and three-quarters of the state legislature. They may be able to do that. Maybe, but that's a, that's a tall task. I think if people vote 
If you had 80% participation in our elections... <laughs> I'm in so much trouble, you know have, why. It's your show. What's better than this? Everybody, what do people say when they stop us on the street? <laughs> I love you guys. I love it when you argue or whatever. But that doesn't mean I, have, I can't. I got I to gotta get to the business at hand. <laughs> okay, so now if you see a theme here, the radical leftist, the adherent of Marxism, the person that loves Karl Marx and believes that had Soviets... Communists, they're not so bad after all. Come on. Don't knock it till you try it, right? I think that's what they're saying. Don Limon, Don Lemon from CNN, he says, blow up the entire system. A couple of months back, we heard Hawk Newsom, dude from Queens here, who was a BLM guy, and then BLM said, you're too radical even for us, and they uh, denounced him saying he's not really BLM. Hawk Newsom said, we're going to have to burn the whole system down. Saul Alinsky talks about burning the whole system down. Followers of Lenin and Stalin have written about burning the system down literally. That's why they like fire so much, because it's such a play on the psyche of a human. Psyche means what's in your head, and fire means bad. So they they put bad stuff in your head. It's a really simple analogy. They make it look like it's a war zone. You feel like it's a war zone. It gets attention. It sends a message. This is why they blow up federal courts. They don't care about the law or civility. You got a CNN anchor here, claims to be a journalist, and he's saying, blow up the entire system. Just like in the 70s, when the the radicals had gotten to the Puerto Ricans and recruited and created the uh, FALN, La Fuerza Armada, Latinos Unidos, to promote communism on the island of Puerto Rico. And they brought it here to New York. And what'd they do? They blew up a bar. They blew up federal courts across the country. They blew some fingers off of the bomb squad cops off of their hands and they even killed people. And we did a whole episode on that. And you can check that out at richvaldez.com. Just check out um, the search bar and plug in F-A-L-N and you could link to that show. But the point I want to make here is, again, Don Lemon saying, is that fair? Is it fair that we follow the rules? Is it fair that the Constitution says Whomever is president gets to appoint the next Supreme Court justice. Whomever gets the most electoral college votes beyond 270 wins the presidency of the United States. It's always been this way. Now, I'm sure somebody's going to push back and say, well, Rich, just because it's always been that way doesn't mean that we shouldn't change it. And of course, they'll make a slavery reference or they'll bring up Nazi Germany because everybody wants to be extreme. And that's okay. I understand. There's a way to change things. And if it's truly meant to be that we need to change the Electoral College, then keep doing what you're doing, legislating that change. But don't try and steal it and don't try and cheat like they're trying to do now. They can't win, so they want to change the rules of the game. That's BS. That's Bolshevik. That's how the Bolshevik party rolled. They didn't like the news. They didn't like people talking out against them. So they had a minister of propaganda. They didn't like different ethnicities, so they had a commissar of nationalities to put people in nice little groups the way Marx liked it, the way the commies like it. That's crazy talk. So yeah, let's let Don Lemon get back to the business at hand, which should be reporting the facts and reporting the news, but sadly it's not. It's him spreading his propaganda, as Mark Levin would say, dressed up in drag as journalism. All right, keep it locked right there for my final thoughts. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos, para Rich Valdez. Y esto es América, ahora. 
All right, bienvenido America, welcome back to the show. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at the end, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media platforms. And I want to talk about this past Friday, right? So today's Tuesday, the 22nd of September. On Friday the 19th, I had the honor, the distinct pleasure of filling in for the number three conservative talk show in America, The Mark Levin Show. The great one is obviously uh, my boss, but he's also a mentor um, in the talk radio game. He's definitely um, one of the greats of this business. So it's always a privilege to host his show, which has 14 million terrestrial listeners, another 6 million via podcast. That doesn't include the satellite radio listeners or the people that are streaming the show. So you're talking 20 million plus. It's an amazing audience, just like the This Is America audience. Equally as amazing, I love all of you. And I thank you for taking the time to listen to the show and share it with others. But I bring that up because I was talking about Puerto Rico a little bit on Friday because the president had brought up Puerto Rico and I did a whole segment on it. And if you want to check it out, you should go check it out on the Mark Levin Show podcast. But I want to reiterate a couple of the points I made there. And I read a op-ed that I'm going to share a few points with you from because I thought it made sense. It was a well-written op-ed in my opinion. And I got a lot of uh, flack for it, a lot of backlash because people were saying, you know, you can't be pro-statehood for Puerto Rico because the Democrats are going to make a power grab. And my argument there, it's, it's the same thing we're dealing with with the Supreme Court. What's right and wrong about the Supreme Court nomination process is based on the Constitution. If it's in the Constitution, we go for it. If it's not, it's not, right? We're, we talk about liberty here. We want to be a free people that follows the rules. Puerto Rico has voted three times pro-statehood. Three times. Three separate referendums. Each time, overwhelming support to become a state. There are people on the island that say, you know what, let's leave it alone and stay as is, just as a territory. Then there are others that say they want independence, like AOC. AOC is in that crowd that is against statehood. So I find it odd that Senator Mitch McConnell and those that are siding with him on this issue would be against Puerto Rico exercising liberty and becoming a state like New Mexico did, like Oklahoma did, like Alaska did, like Hawaii did. Those are the last four territories to become states. No issue there. None at all. But there seems to be issue with Puerto Rico and because of political considerations. So I'm thinking it's a timing issue. They're saying if we do it now. But this particular op-ed, I think, cites something really unique in that you should not compare Puerto Rico to the District of Columbia, which I agree with because the District of Columbia was never intended to be a state. Quite the opposite. Go do a Google or a DuckDuckGo or whatever search engine you use, but you'll find that they wanted to have the District of Columbia be in the area that it was, encompassing different parts, different areas, different states, so that it would not belong to one specific state, so that it would have sovereignty, if you will. And it's constitutionally protected. It's in the United States Constitution. For D.C. to become a state, you have to change the Constitution. As you would suspect, that's not super easy. So this op-ed talks about how it's a political miscalculation to compare D.C. becoming a state to Puerto Rico becoming a state. And I agree 100% because it is, notwithstanding the fact that there are no Republicans coming out of D.C. None. There are plenty of Republicans coming out of Puerto Rico. By and large, I constantly make the case that Puerto Rican families like mine, there are plenty Americans of Puerto Rican descent just like mine that are very conservative, that are God-fearing people, that love America, very patriotic. Because the truth is, Hispanics overall have fought in every single war since the Civil War. 
and Puerto Ricans specifically in every war since the Spanish-American War. There's a lot of skin in the game. But I want you to hear these thoughts from the author Cesar Conde. Check this out. Headline, Republicans are getting it wrong on Puerto Rican statehood. And again, that's by Cesar Conde, not to be confused with Ana Conde. There's a growing refrain amongst Republicans warning against statehood for Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. Admission into the union guarantees more Democrats in Congress. That's the misconception. Statehood for Puerto Rico, however, does not have nearly the same partisan prospects as statehood for Washington. The conflation of the two is a political miscalculation. It's true that if the capital ever became a state, unlikely in the near term because of the constitutional amendment that would be required, it would result in the election of two new Democrat senators and a corresponding number of liberal House members elected to Congress. However, despite the assumption of many Republicans, this would not be true for Puerto Rico. A brief study of the history of the territory reveals its makeup to be far more purple than blue. This misconception is common amongst some Republicans, saying that a victory for Democrat presidential nominee Joe Biden and a Democrat Senate majority would open up the door for statehood for D.C. and Puerto Rico, leading to, in all likelihood, four new Democrat senators. And this is coming from prominent Republican senators, including Senator Mitch McConnell's former chief of staff, Josh Holmes, who recently tweeted, statehood would bring four more liberal Democrat senators to the United States Senate. By no means is that a foregone conclusion, but this is what they're peddling. This is Mitch McConnell. We all know Mitch McConnell. Now, given polling and the party affiliation of elected officials in Puerto Rico, this contradicts the misconception and instead shows evidence of a Republican popularity on the island. In 2016, while only 4.1% of Washington, D.C. voters went for Trump, Republican Jennifer Gonzalez Colón was elected as Puerto Rico's non-voting member of the House. Republican. Further polling indicates that Puerto Rican voters tend to lean more conservative on social and economic issues. The strongest proof is in the Republicans that are Puerto Rican that have been elected to office. In addition to Jennifer Gonzalez Colón, the congresswoman representing the island now, resident commissioner, Puerto Ricans recently elected Luis Fortuño as governor from 2009 to 2013. Republican. President of the Puerto Rican Senate, Tomás Rivera Schatz, and House Speaker Carlos Johnny Mendez, just to name a few. Republicans. This stands in stark contrast to Washington, D.C., which has virtually no support for Republican officials. Republicans also have political incentives to take the lead on statehood because if Trump wins Florida and holds on to the White House and Vice President Pence serving as a tiebreaker in the Senate, control of the executive branch takes on even greater importance on what will be a highly contested Senate landscape come November. Therefore, the election in Florida may determine control of the Senate, and Central Florida's famous I-4 corridor make it a barometer on how the state will swing and contain a large population of Puerto Rican voters who care about statehood. A survey of Puerto Rican residents in Florida found that although most of the respondents who were registered to vote as Democrats overwhelmingly identified themselves as conservative rather than liberal, 48% to 17%, these voters strongly support statehood and would reward Republican politicians who back that effort. This is according to polls, the Anzalone Litz Grove poll that found 77% of respondents would support statehood if the U.S. Congress offered it. 
Additional surveys by Equus in 2019 and voter surveys uh, from 2017 also found that a majority supports statehood. Prominent Florida Republicans such as Ron DeSantis, Senator Marco Rubio, and Rick Scott are all pro-statehood. This stance reflects that of the entire country. In July of last year, Gallup released a poll, which results show that a majority have supported statehood since the 1960s. Two-thirds of Americans supported admitting Puerto Rico as a state in 2019. Add in the results from a 2017 referendum in Puerto Rico that showed massive support for statehood. It's clear the idea is popular with a significant majority of Americans and American citizens residing in Puerto Rico. The Republican Party has made the mistake of discussing statehood for Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico in the same breath, in the same sentence. But the history, the demographics, the polling data all demonstrate that Puerto Rico's ideological and electoral future will be far different from that of the nation's capital. If admitted, there is a good chance that the Puerto Rican resident commissioner, Senate majority leader, and speaker would all be leading candidates to represent the state of Puerto Rico in the U.S. Senate. All of them are Republicans. The party that champions statehood for the territory of Puerto Rico will be rewarded at the ballot box. And that's the end of this op-ed by Cesar Conda. He's a former chief of staff to Senator Rubio. And I honestly agree with it. I don't agree with everything that I hear all the time, but I agree with that. This, to me, is a no-brainer. Now, people say, oh, Puerto Rico is a, a burden on the United States. Well, if it is, then let's have some reciprocity, because right now, for every federal dollar going into Puerto Rico, they're getting back zero in federal tax dollars going back to the federal government because they're not a state. So what's good with that? It would make sense to have dollars going back into the federal treasury. President Trump on Friday announced that he was going to be restoring conditions to welcome the pharmaceutical industry back to Puerto Rico so that pharmaceutical products could be made in the United States on the island. A hop, skip, and a jump from where we are. Not in China. In 1996, Biden voted to eliminate a critical tax provision that had allowed Puerto Rico to become a dominant player in global pharmaceutical manufacturing. That's what happened. When Biden voted to repeal this provision, the pharmaceutical industry was ripped out of Puerto Rico. All incentive to stay there was taken away. And all of the jobs went to China and other places, but mostly to China. That's what happened. This was done with a vote of Biden. This was even before the Obama administration. This was... Uh, this was early on, but so, uh, so sad that that was done. And then Obama came in and it got worse. So for the people of Puerto Rico, uh, they were a disaster for you. And I have to say in a very nice way, a very respectful way, I'm the best thing that ever happened to Puerto Rico. Nobody even close. So now you tell me, from a perspective of national security, with China building fake islands and taking over ports all over the world, buying up water parks, anything related to water, they're getting involved because they're the Chinese and they want to be involved in water supply. They want to be involved in straits and channels in the South China Sea and in the Caribbean. Don't you think China would love to have a port in Puerto Rico? Of course they would. Now they'd have allies in Cuba and they'd have a port in Puerto Rico. So if they ever have to mount an offensive against the United States, boom, there you go. It's time that the United States cements the relationship with Puerto Rico, doing what we did with 
New Mexico, doing what we did with Oklahoma, doing what we did with the territory of Hawaii, doing what we did with the territory known as Alaska. All of these territories, commonwealths, became states. Why not Puerto Rico? It would make financial sense with respect to having liberty and allowing the people to decide their fate, the consent of the governed. It makes the most sense there as well. And it makes sense in terms of national security. The smartest way to protect the investment that the United States puts into any federal territory, in particular one like Puerto Rico, is to maximize the profit that it can get from Puerto Rico. In this case, reciprocity with federal revenue. In this case, maximizing national security interests. In this case, maximizing liberty amongst we the people and the American citizens living on the island. But that's all I've got. Hasta la próxima, America. I am Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And remember, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So do something. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.